cutting room combos may not be suitable for younger listeners. In addition to a language advisory, this podcast contains themes that may be sensitive or triggering to some of our listeners. Mm, listener discretion is advised. I feel like it's redundant with the amount of times I say listeners. Happy Halloween, everybody! Trick or treat! Yes, smell my feet! feet. <laughs> Give me something good to eat! If you don't, I don't care! Oh god. I, I can't. I can't Should I finish it. the line? I can, if you want. I, can. I remember the line. Is it all pulled down your underwear? No the, way, that's it? That's what I've always what heard. What the fuck? <laughs> that's what I've always there heard. There will be no underwear pulling here, sorry. No, no, no thanks. What the um, heck? Whoops, that was probably me. That's okay. Um, happy Halloween, everybody. Yeah. Um, welcome to Cutting Room Convos, season five now. Oh, no. Kicking it off on Halloween day. I'm Yasmin, and if you got any Snickers bars, send them our way. I'm Jenny, and nice. For me, it's Twix. But that wasn't going to be my fact. I'm Jenny, <laughs> and the more I talk to people who like horror movies, the more I realize I have a lot to see still. Ah. A lot. Especially the classics. Yes. I have more to see, too. But we, we can venture on to that together. Aww. <laughs> wow, what an intro. <laughs> so, yeah. So, what better way to start off our season on Halloween Day We're talking about the movie that has been out for most of the month of October, mm-hmm. Halloween Ends, that came out this year of 2022. Oh, I didn't look up who directed it. Oh, shit. That's my bad. <laughs> oh, you didn't look it up, actually. Okay, well... I have failed. If you haven't seen this yet, <laughs> what the heck are you doing? Why are, oh. you on, why are you listening to this podcast? Y'all be sleeping. Um, it's, in, it's probably still in theaters at this point. It is on Peacock. Watch it. Like, th- people have thoughts. This is the most polarizing movie <sighs> since... The trailer came out for Scream 5, or Uh, Scream, if you will. Yeah, that's right. And we have so much to talk about for this movie, but first, let's get down to the summary. And again, this is more for those who have seen this already. If you haven't seen it, watch it, and come back and listen to us. Okay, welcome back. So, to start off in this movie, um, we get introduced to the character Corey Cunningham, who uh, comes in and starts this babysitting gig of this kid named Jeremy. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. His name is Corey Cunningham? Mm-hmm. You mean like Michael Myers? I did not do the... Oh, my God. Okay, alliteration. What the... F- what is the... What the <sighs> McGonagall says? You bumbling band of baboons? <laughs> or proclivity for pyrotechnics. <laughs> or p- particular... Yeah. Whatever. So, Harry Potter reference. There you go. Um, (laughs) So, we get introduced to Corey, and we're going to have a fun night. Doesn't sound pervy at all, but okay. Um, Sorry, I'm going to try to hold my opinion to the side. Now that I'm thinking about it, don't name your child an alliteration. Right. (laughs) Unless you want them to be... Oh, that's a spoiler. Uh, Whoops. Anyways, go ahead. (laughs) Sorry. Summary. That's where we are. Uh, Focus. (laughs) <laughs> so uh jeremy's mother is just like kind of talking about like how jeremy has been behaving with everything with michael myers being gone in f- f- four years after halloween kills took place um 
So she just warns Corey, like, oh, you know, just take good care of him, whatever. Uh, so then once the parents leave, uh, Corey and Jeremy are watching a movie, which happens to be The Thing, which is really cool. Um, and so then Jeremy was just, like, you know, kind of dissing Corey and whatnot, saying, like, oh, you're a bad babysitter, whatever. And Corey's like, okay, well, after this movie, go, just go straight to bed then. And then he goes... <laughs> you're 21 and you're scared. <laughs> and so he leaves the kitchen for a second. And then all of a sudden he hears, uh, I guess, like some furniture drop or something. Mm -hmm. And he finds that Jeremy is gone. So he's looking around, all around the house, starting outside, then back in. Once he goes back in the house, he hears Jeremy screaming. So he's walking up these long-ass stairs that this house has, like, looking around. And um, finds the, uh, the kitchen knife that was originally on the kitchen table on the stairs. So, again, you don't know what is coming here. And you hear Jeremy like, Corey, help, help me, from, like, behind a closed room. Mm -hmm. uh, so then, what was it? Corey, he goes inside one of the, what was it, an attic or something? Or It looked like a, yeah, yeah, like a storage room type thing at the topest floor. Yeah. Topest, most, <laughs> the highest floor Top of the most. house. Yeah. And so he goes in there, and suddenly Jeremy had closed the door behind him, locking him, locking Corey in the room. He's gonna get you! Yeah, yeah, right, making fun of Corey, like, when Corey's starting to panic, and he's like, come on, Jeremy, let me out, and he gets more and more frustrated. And during this time, the parents are starting to come home, so they're slowly walking into the house. By the time they get in, oh, holy shit is what is in my notes. Spoiler alert, uh, Corey kicks down the door, happens to hit Jeremy. No, no, you forgot. Let me out, Jeremy. I'm oh, gonna kill you, you little shit. Oh, yeah, he did say that in the movie. That's what he said? Or I'm gonna um, kill you, Jeremy. I'm gonna kill you, Jeremy. Yeah. He is a little shit, though. <sighs> he did say that as soon as the mom walked in, which was bad. Um, so then, thud, Jeremy gets hit in the face with a door in the most brutal way. The mom goes, did you hear something? Thud! Jeremy falls on the fucking floor from the topmost level of the house. It's bleeding. like four floors or something. Ugh. That's what it feels like. God, let me tell you something. Like, Jenny and I, we were mouth agape that whole time. That we completely missed the opening credit. <laughs> yes! We the... were just staring at each other like, what the fuck? No words, just telepathic vibes. Oh, <laughs> that was like the most shocking moment since It, chapter one. With um, Georgie getting his arm bitten off. Oh, yeah. Like, that was yeah. a shocking intro. And, and then watching it, because we've seen this movie twice now. Yeah. At the time of recording. Of course, we're going to watch it more times before Halloween. <laughs> but if you watch it again, I, like, didn't close my eyes, kept them open. And, like, the way that the body falls on the floor, mm. it fucking bounces. And, like, oh, I know, God. you know, CGI, props, whatever it is, still heckin' brutal. Oh, it was just... That that was your attention grabber for the start of that movie. That got you rooted to your seat. Mm -hmm. um, so then came in the opening title sequence, you know, with the famous pumpkin and then more pumpkins emerging within, which was pretty cool, I think. Um, and then we uh, go into focusing on Lori, uh, who is now writing a book. And she talks about, um, like, this concept of evil and, like, what Michael Meyer has done to her life, how evil travels, and what she's doing with her own life now, uh, such as living with Allison and, I believe, with Lindsay as well, unless she's just visiting. I don't know. They didn't specify she's just that. visiting. Yeah, probably. But, yeah, she's living yeah, with her granddaughter like Allison. To, she makes a point that she wants to help others. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. Cool. Um, so, yeah, Lori is living with Allison now, uh, who is, like, 
completely out of high school at this point, apparently. Um, now, now looks her age. N- now looks her age. It's funny how COVID made everything work out. Not really. Um, so after that, um, we get back to focusing on Corey, uh, who shows, they show his life after like he got arrested basically from that whole thing. He got let off because it was an accident, mm-hmm. technically. So um, he's what, working at like a junkyard sort of place where his stepdad like owns it and yeah, whatnot. Yeah, it looks like he does welding work for like exhausts and stuff. Oh, uh, okay. That makes sense. Um, so then uh, we show Corey like kind of going through this struggle with these teenagers who were trying to ask him to buy beers for them and things like that. He said no, and they were trying to fight him. Lori comes into the rescue while she's getting gas and um, deals with the... Wow, a psycho and a freak show. <laughs> psycho and a freak show. So after dealing with the 18-year-old band geek bullies, um, then Lori takes Corey to uh, where Allison happens to work, which was, what was it, like a, an urgency, urgent care clinic thing, I think. Um, so then that's where, like, Allison starts to lock eyes with him and, like, starts to get interested, <laughs> which I was like, no, don't. Um, so then... Her intentions uh, were good. Her intentions were good, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, okay, so, sorry. I was, like, writing so many other notes in my other sections that I lost track of what was happening after that point. Um, but I know that, uh, oh, yeah, after... Lori, Lindsay, and Allison were talking about Allison's love life and shit. Lori was talking about, like, you... What was it? You flash your tits at grief or something? And I don't know. Honestly, I close my eyes at that part every time. It kind of disturbs me. I was like... I, <laughs> I admire her confidence, but what did she mean? I don't even know, but every Woman. single time... I mean, well, every single time. The two times I watched it, everyone freaking loved that line, and I'm just like... <laughs> you flash I'm your tits I'm uncomfortable because grief. I just think of my grandma just wiggling her titties, and I'm like, can you not, please? Never. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So... Yeah, and then we also focus on Lori's um, potential love life at this point where she meets with... uh, Ugly-ass motherfucker. (laughs) The old sheriff. (laughs) Oh, the old sheriff? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Um, At the grocery store. They're they're just having small talk and whatnot. And at that same time... He uh, eats meat. Sorry. He eats (laughs) meat. So after that, shortly after that, Lori gets confronted outside of the grocery store by the sister of her neighbor that got attacked in Halloween Kills. I wish I could remember the name of the woman because I was literally oh, naming I know. everybody. I remember her freaking kill. Well, oh. I guess it wasn't a kill because she's alive. Right, but, but... I remember her scene. <sighs> that was brutal, was man. Mm, stabbed with a fluorescent light bulb? Jesus. Um, but yeah, it turns out that she had survived. And then Lori was being like talked down about it, how... Michael wasn't coming after her at all, that she was taunting and teasing the man and should have left him alone. That way he wouldn't have attacked Lori's neighbor. Um, so it, she felt just very guilty, was kind of breaking down on the car, and, you know, Sheriff Guy was, you know, coming in to try to make her feel better. Um, and then uh, we flash forward to Allison going on her first date with Corey. Um, she did meet up with him at the junkyard. She found him there and uh, asked, like, I wanted to see you and maybe we can go out. Things like that. So they went out to a bar, like a sort of Halloween party thing. 
Um, and they were having a good time. They were dancing. They were drinking. But then all they were convulsing on the floor. They were convulsing on the floor. I I don't know what was. I get the symbolism for later on. Spoiler alert. But he didn't need to like have a seizure on the floor. I'm just saying. Um, We could probably go like deep dive into the psychological aspect of the amount of adrenaline that's happening in both of those scenes. But we won't. Lordy. Um, So yeah, so after Corey is, you know, finally letting loose, having a good time, he goes up to the bar and gets a drink, and right next to him he finds Jeremy's mom there all, you know, sunk in alone, and was just like, hey, you you think you can have a good time out here while I'm miserable without my son? Mm -hmm. You know, like, he's gone because of you, things like that, she's giving him shit, he runs away out of the bar. Him and Allison have a fight about how, like, you know, I'm not your project, Allison. Oh, no, I know how you feel. And he's like, yeah, but this is different for me. I'm, people see me as a killer, not as a hero. So, um, I lost my, my It's crappy for him to be that mean to her, though. It really was. Because like, her whole thing is that, um, she, is this where you are? Yes. Um, her whole thing is that she knows what it's like to be assumed, like, for people to assume who she is before actually getting to know her, and then he literally just fucking pulls up all the assumptions that everyone has of her. Yeah. It's like, dude, I'm trying to connect with you on that level, and you're gonna be an asshole. It's like, I'm trying to tell you that's not what that's supposed to mean. Um, So yeah, first date went wrong. Um, Then on that same night, the 18-year-old band bullies uh, find Corey walking home alone uh, in the middle of the night. Um, In the middle of the night. (laughs) So, you know, they mess with him, whatever, and it gets to the point where Corey gets thrown by them over the bridge mm-hmm. uh, near the sewer area that was previously hinted at in, in the beginning of the movie earlier. Um, so he's brought to the sewers. Gives me Pennywise vibes, actually. I was just gonna say. Okay, we'll talk about that later. Then. Oh my god, that's what I forgot to write down. Okay, so, sorry. Um, continuing on, uh, Corey wakes up in the sewer area and he finds himself in a chokehold by Michael Myers and then they have a random soul gaze. Um, I, I joke when I say that, I don't know if that's serious, but Michael seemed to look at Corey's face and see like what he has been through and sees, I guess, the potential that he had. Is that, why you, is that how you interpreted it? I don't know. Because I interpreted it differently. What was it? Like... Everyone's scared of Michael Myers. They all know that he kills. Uh-huh. If he sees you, he will kill you. Mm. I thought it was Corey's life flashing before his eyes. Him realizing, like, damn, I have a fucking sucky-ass life. Mm. That was a lot of curse words for no reason. <laughs> and, like, I'm gonna have to change that. I'm about, to, like, I'm about to die in this moment, and this is what my life has been. So when he mm. gets out of there, he had that near-death experience. He's like, why am I living like this? Mm. Maybe I should live like Michael. Because that's what they deserve. That's true. But then, like, I just wonder about, like, what made Michael let go? He let go of Corey. He's fucking old. I, I mean, yeah. He's grandpa, he's, grandpa Michael. Grandpa, he's, grandpa he's Mikey, there. why are you doing in the sewers? <laughs> that beating that he got from the whole town was probably his high point. And, like, yeah, he probably couldn't handle any more after that, I guess. But, yeah. Um, so then Corey was somehow released out of the sewers hobo comes after him the homeless guy who's been you know camping out by the sewers it's like yeah i know i've seen him in there and uh michael myers he lives and you should take his mask in fact go back in there take his mask you know and then uh cory and i i think in self-defense maybe he 
killed the homeless man. Mm-hmm. So that's his next victim, I guess you can say. Um, so then, um, oh yeah, so then <laughs> I, I called him Creepy Cory in my notes. That's so funny. Because uh, <laughs> Lori was uh, continuing to type her book and whatnot. She happens to look outside and she sees Corey in that same stance that Michael Myers was in in the very first yeah, movie. Yeah, right next to the bushes. Yes, exactly like that. And Lori was just like, she, her heart sank. You can tell her heart just sank to her butt. So then, <laughs> so then, uh, Corey ends up venting to Allison about like, you know, what happened to him, that killer babysitter moment and whatnot. And at the same time, Lori is on to him. Like, she just knows that this guy is different now from when she first met him. Mm-hmm. So, like, good on her to catch that. Um, he took his glasses off. He took his glasses off. Honestly, though, that's another thing. Um, <laughs> Where the nerd girl pulls down her hair and takes her glasses off, and all of a sudden she's a completely different person. Good lord. She's beautiful now. <laughs> she's so cool. Mm-hmm. Who is that? Superman? No, it's just Clark Kent. He's not related to Superman at all. Oh, let me tell you something. I got something about that one. Oh, really? Okay. (laughs) Hell yeah. Um, So then, uh, later on in the day, I guess, Corey and Allison, they bond on how they are hating the town, how Haddonfield is a curse and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, During that time, Allison's ex-boyfriend, apparently that was previously mentioned, who is a cop, of course, um happens to be in the same restaurant that they're sitting in is like hey you know this our friend is having cake if you guys want a slice like hey like you know call me sometime and you know he's still dragging on the conversation Mm -hmm. still trying to i don't know no offense but they should have done better casting on that because we were watching it again and and jordan mentioned how he thought that was like her stepdad or some shit because of how thank you weird that relationship was like it just didn't feel coupley at all no and especially if it was four years after she was still in high school she had to have been yeah. 18 in halloween kills then. you can find another actor who looks a little younger with an asshole cop face like not, I, I mean maybe people are different i wouldn't date someone who's like <laughs> their 40s i'm sorry <laughs> i mean everyone got their thing but like their True. chemistry just wasn't there and like i get it they're technically not supposed to have chemistry but they had like they were yeah. just put together in the same room one day and like, what the heck? It's just uncomfortable. Um, so yeah, then um, at one point, Corey's just like having a standoff with this guy and mm-hmm. the cop ends up sitting down she and whatnot. Good. Uh, right. <laughs> and that's when Allison was like telling him, like, yeah, if you said, like, if you, or what was it? If I said burn this town to the ground, you He's would do like, it. I'd light the match. Light the match. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, good Lord. So... They have, an, <laughs> they have an agreement on that. Um, and then uh, Corey's being followed, of course, by that cop guy. Oh. And he knows it. He's bringing Michael's first kill in, what, four years or whatever? Um, yeah. So he, yeah. he leads him into the sewer, and then Michael goes after him. And while <laughs> Corey's holding the cop down, Michael stabs him. That felt so inappropriate to watch. That was so weird, especially when he said, show me how to do it. Show me how to... <laughs> you, you stab. Will you... Show me... No. <laughs> That's just weird, That's dude. a private moment between them. Like, I'd rather watch a kissing scene. That's how, <laughs> That's how awkward it felt to watch. 
Amen. And like we know from Criminal Minds, and I feel like I've mentioned on this podcast before that criminals (laughs) that use knives and stab multiple times are getting some type of same chemical that you get from a sexual release. So watching Michael just make that face, and I say make that face and he was wearing a mask, but you get what I mean. Uh And like Corey being like, he was like shuddering. Oh yeah, Ew. he kind of like shuddered a bit. You saw it on the mask, like he shuddered he after had, one like, of the, the stabs. Like shivers. Like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Nasty. This is a family-friendly podcast. <laughs> no. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> so, that's Michael's first kill uh, in, in the sewers. So then that same night, Corey well, gets can't out. Can't say it's his first kill. Well, because the I hobo mean, says people go in there and don't come out. Oh, true. Well, first kill that we see. First, Corey kill. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yes, and then Corey, uh, he leaves, goes back to Allison, and I put, they got a bedroom bond, um, and well, that I mean, was... She just needed round two after Michael. How <laughs> <laughs> oh, gross, my God. Um, so, yeah, that Lori noticed that when she was... Um, getting home oh yeah and before Lori got home she was at the bar where Lindsay was working and uh got introduced to Jeremy's father who happened to be there and he was talking about how Corey was um looked different from the babysitter he used to know he wasn't a babysitter he just cut their lawn oh cut their lawn right right called off because she was sick oh that's right yeah Uh, that that Corey is not the same person that he had known previous yeah, that boy who cut my lawn <laughs> whatever whatever <laughs> haven't seen it enough to quote it <laughs> no but look if you know you know um so yeah then what was it next day they go about their day um and allison is like being fed up about her job because you know her co-worker deb suddenly gets promotion even though Allison was supposed to be next in line. The doctor is uh, a bitch or whatever. He treats women. Ugh, gross. He's so gross. So gross. So flash forward, we cut to the scene where Dr. Mathis and the co-worker Deb, of course, they be fucking because they're going to the doctor's house, open up the champagne. She's putting on one of the robes that he got her go so she could go shower. or whatever. Right, like, ew. Like, <laughs> God. So, they uh, like get ready for a good night or whatever, then Deb suddenly goes out and she hears something. No response from the doctor. She goes out by the pool and finds that Dr. Mathis is being stabbed by a guy in a clown mask. In the same position, too. Like, he just (laughs) didn't know how another way to do it. No, not at all. And, of course, it's Corey. Obviously, we know this. Um, Deb escapes inside, uh, is able to lock Corey out so while he's banging on the door she doesn't realize michael myers is right behind her yeah she's trying to call the cops yeah yeah but then she gets killed by michael while um cory watches in awe or whatever you want to call it i don't know so (laughs) he let loose his hair everything and by his hair i mean the bandage on his hand good lord so um double team kill which is very interesting considering um and then, um, Corey is hanging out with Allison again. They're, they're kind of doing this, uh, little bad boy montage thing on the bike and going to different places, hanging out on a rooftop and shit like that. Um, <laughs> sorry. So, what? Shit like that. You've never hung out on a rooftop? I mean, yeah, but not <laughs> like that. 
So that's when Corey was Hold asking. On my spider monkey. Wow, I'm so sorry. My brain is not here. <laughs> that's a Twilight reference if you want to take a shot. Oh my god. So that's when Corey was asking Allison that, that they should run away together while they're hanging out by that radio tower uh, thing. By the way, in the beginning of the movie and in certain periods between scenes, you hear uh, someone listening to the radio. That's been kind of a common thing going on in this uh, radio host named Willie, who always seems to be talking about Michael Myers and, and how he's the boogeyman and and who is killing, and I think he might have mentioned Corey Cunningham at one point or something. Yeah. But... He mentioned What's-Her-Face, too. Ah, uh, oh, right, 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 yeah, he did. Um, so they were hanging out at that, on the top of the roof of that radio tower, and so when they jumped down, uh, Willie comes out, and he's like, oh, hey, I know you guys, you guys are fucking shit up, and you're a psycho killer, and you're this bitch who keeps talking to Michael Myers. <laughs> so at that point, Allison was just like, yeah, okay, fuck this town. Let's run away. Um, so then we fa uh, fast forward to Corey waking up in the house that uh, Jeremy and his parents lived in. Apparently that's they don't live in that house anymore, because obviously, why would you? Um, he wakes up, and Lori is there to confront him and like just basically telling him to stay away from Allison because I he's not good for her love the way that Lori's just sitting there tapping her chair against the windowsill. Yes! It feels so horror movie classic to just be tapping on a window. Oh my god. You know what I mean? Yes! Oh my god, that's right. And it's like, it's like she has like the upper hand somehow. Like she has this thing in control. It's you like, know? yeah, like the vibe that she's giving off. Yes, exactly. So yeah, she confronts, uh, Corey to, you know, stay away from her. Corey gets mad about it, and he's just like, he's trying to get inside Lori's head, you know, like, oh, Michael's coming after you, after you. you're hoping for that to still happen, things like that, whatever. Um, so then, later on in the day, Corey was calling Allison saying, okay, you need to meet up with me tonight, we need to run away tonight, because your grandmother is, she's trying to kill me, things like that. I'm like, bullshit, but whatever. Um, so then Allison agrees and she goes home to pack. Lori's already, you know, onto them about this and she has an argument with Allison, tries to convince her, hey, this guy's not good for you. Don't, don't go with him. Mm -hmm. But then Allison was like, you pretty much ruined everything for me, took away everyone in my life. You're the one capable of harm. And so she went on and continued packing and she left. Um... And then we fast forward to ooh, 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 the junkyard kill scene, I like to say. I'm so sad that I fell asleep <laughs> the second time I watched it. And it wasn't even because, like, I don't fall asleep when things are boring. I just fall asleep when I'm <laughs> extremely tired. And we, it was, like, 2 a.m. when we were watching that. It was. It was I pretty late. I fell asleep during one of my favorite scenes because <laughs> those bitches were bitches. And, like, <sighs> it, was, it was good. They were horrible. My God. Um, so, yeah. So, Corey... Um, damage one of the kids' uh, car and leads them to the junkyard where he... Um, oh my god, I forgot the important part. He goes back to the sewer to take Michael Myers' mask. He steals his mask. He manages to fight him off somehow and get away with his mask. Because he's old. 
because he's old. Okay, you don't and get oh, away no. with that. We'll just talk about it later. And I feel like we're already thirty minutes in, and we haven't actually started talking because I want to. I want to say all these things. I know, but I don't want to say them during the summary. Continue. That's true. Okay, so junkyard scene. Um, yeah, Corey just basically killing each kid one by one. There's four of them in total. Um, and in the process, of course, the stepdad who was just like you know watching TV as well. He was, I guess, dealing with security or whatever the junkyard place. Uh, he gets called and asks for help, but then he ends up accidentally getting shot in the head by one of the kids. Yeah, which really sucked. Um, so, but then uh, two of the other kids, they got killed after that. Um, and then he goes to the radio uh, place mm -hmm. and he kills the, the assistant that was there. And then he kills Willie in the most brutal way, but it was very entertaining. So funny. I mean, okay. <laughs> I say that, but like... Gross. I just I wanted him to walk away saying, Cat got your tongue. I, I know, right? And and this kill was while wearing the, the mask, for sure, by the way. Um, and capital T, capital M, the mask. The mask, yes. Um, so then, meanwhile, Allison is just waiting at, like, their diner, I guess, that they go to, waiting for, for Corey. The place, yeah. Yeah, so then she goes and tries to just find him, look for him and whatever, and Corey, oh yeah, and then Corey's next place was at home to kill his mother, because that bitch was just weird. Oh yeah, she was so weird. You know what she reminded me of? Mm hmm Freddy's mom and I, Carly. <gasps> oh my god, you're right. right? <laughs> but like ten times worse. Like overdoting, but like in a you'll never be good enough type of way. That's like a terrible parent. Oh, it is so bad. But yeah, he goes to kill her. Um, and then uh, he's, well, we don't know this yet, but he was heading over to Lori next. And meanwhile, Lori is prepping a suicide, which almost got me. Really? Uh, yeah, I mean, too, but like <laughs> until the pumpkin smash, but <laughs> smashing pumpkins. That's when I said in the notes, Lori said, "Gotti," and um, <laughs> you see the the That's pumpkin. Not how you spell it? I I didn't know how to spell it, so I <laughs> I just go <laughs> I didn't know how to spell it. All right, I'm not a Gen Z. Um, so Lori, she apparently had shot one of the pumpkins that was in her room, splash against the wall. Corey comes in, opens the door, finds Lori uh, shoot, uh, pointing her gun at him. Misleading from the trailer. Uh, yeah, that's true. She said, "You did you really think I would kill myself? Bam! Shoots him, he falls down the stairs. And then Ironic. she... <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> then she uh, goes to him, so you wanted to kill me, so do it. And then... Corey pulls a 180, stabs himself in the neck. Like, if Allison can't have me, no one can sort of shit. Lori pulls the knife. And at that moment, Allison walks in, and she's crying, like, you, you did this to him, what did you do? And then she leaves. So then Lori is, like, crying to her. knew him for... This is very princess, because, like, oh. Romeo and Julia, if I can't have her, no one can. Now I'm gonna die. And she's like, you ruin everything, Mom. I'm gonna live a better life by running away. And then she comes in, and she's like, the love of my life. It's like, you knew him for, like, two weeks. Honestly, though, ooh. So. I actually don't know. I don't remember the timeline. But continue. <laughs> Same. Um, so, yeah, Lori is, you know, crying to herself. She, you know, just feels all guilty and whatnot. 
Meanwhile, Michael found his way to her house inside and sneakily gets his mask back. He I'll be taking has this. His mask chipped like a cat. So he knows where it is. <laughs> he knows where it is. <laughs> oh, that'd be funny. So then that's when we get to the finale of Michael versus Lori. They beating the shit out of each the last, other. Last like fifteen and, minutes of the movie or something. Oh, yes, which was so cool. I, I loved it, honestly. Um, very eventful. Eventually, she ends up, uh, well, after getting, like, stabbed in the neck with the knitting needle. Oh, how, how contrary. Um, and then uh, she <laughs> stabs both his hands with kitchen knives, <sighs> pinning him down on the counter, and then throws the fridge over him, like, over his legs to mm -hmm, pin him down. Mm -hmm. So he's stuck, and then she has her badass speech, you know, like, I run from you, I've hidden from you, and all this. And she takes off his mask, and then she just slices at his neck. And then at one point, he somehow just, like, slips his hand through the knife, puts a chokehold on Lori. She has a flashback of her life, like, or, or her life flashes before her eyes. Mm -hmm. I got scared. And then that's when Allison came in. Oh, yeah, they really misled fans like that, Ugh. where it's like, here's the ending, here's our summary. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, right. And Allison came back because she got a call from the sheriff saying that Lori called uh, about a, a suicide. Oh, yeah. So that's when she was like, oh, shit, I'm going back. And she came in right on time, grabbed Michael's hand off her throat, broke his arm, <laughs> and then... Lori sliced his wrist and uh, let him bleed out. Allison said he ain't dead enough, and they strap him onto a car, and there's a death parade going on through all of Haddonfield. Everybody in town is following uh, towards that junkyard with that, um, oh God, what was it called again? That machine, that metal shredding yeah, yeah. machine. And Lori throws him in there. You see it all gone. Yeah. <laughs> and in that end, everybody's at peace. Allison's moving out of town. Lori's finishing her story. She's gonna potentially grow some sort of love with the sheriff guy, She's whatever. She's gonna go to Japan. Uh, yes, look at the cherry implied. blossoms. And Lindsay's gonna continue reading her tarot cards. Uh, and that's the end. Uh, <laughs> Lindsay's chill. She really is, honestly. I'm glad I she didn't have to do any, like, <laughs> active scenes. I kind of wish she did. Really? Yeah. I kind of wish Lori lost her hand. Ooh, oh, hmm. Yeah. That would have been interesting People considering... People are already fucking mad about the movie. Why not make them more mad? That's true. They're... People were mad about everything on different sides. It's insane. So, that's the summary. Hope you enjoyed it. Effects. Oh. Oh, sorry. What happened? Oh, okay. No, we're going, we're going in order. That's fine. Oh, okay. Ah, so... I got just a small bit of audio for this one. Uh, of course, mainly music. Um, again, bringing on the Halloween theme again, kind of a reprisal uh, with it, especially when it's heard during um, the cop, uh, Doug, I forgot his name, Doug, during his death, because that kind of showed, like, like Corey was the reprisal. Like, it kind of represented him a little yeah. bit, you know? So I, I thought that was a pretty cool representation music wise and um and this is just a small bit the background radio music and willie's death scene 
you know, while he's like screaming bloody murder, you just hear this chill music playing in the background like yeah. it's nothing. Yeah. So I thought that was a little comedic. Um, but that's all I got for audio. You know what I think would be interesting once we watch again is to figure out what song the homeless dude was singing because he sang it like twice in the movie. And I wonder if the director chose that song for a specific reason. That's right, he did. I was trying to figure it out at the time, but nothing was coming to me. Um, and I thought this was interesting, too, that someone else had mentioned on a podcast I listened to, uh, how they played uh, Don't Fear the Reaper. Um, and apparently that's a, a song that has like been played like for Halloween stuff all the time. So I thought it was cool that they played that song, especially at the end of the movie. <laughs> Oh, and then uh, visual effects. Uh, got some more of that. Um, they definitely did use of reflections, mm -hmm. uh, such as the mirror uh, of Corey and, and Jeremy, Jeremy's mom, sorry, when oh, they yeah. were talking about Jeremy. And it was already interesting to just use a mirror alone, but at the angle that they put it, I still don't know why they did. Because, like, it showed both of their entire bodies, like, down to the waist practically like it was an interesting view i don't know i can't picture it so i'll have to watch again and figure that out because you know me i like finding symbolism and everything so <laughs> for sure i'll find a way to explain it away <laughs> um and then there was also the reflection used in michael's blood uh near the end of the finale as the blood was trickling down from michael's wrist you saw Lori's face i believe in the reflection as she was holding onto his arm saying it's okay it's gonna be okay i was like damn that's just whew, that's nuts can i add something it's not really a mirror or a reflection but <laughs> windows i feel like <gasps> windows are such a big part of halloween like looking through a window <sighs> smashing through a car window do you know what I mean? It is, though. You're right. Because I think back to um, the first Halloween movie when Laurie would look out a window and she would see mm -hmm. Michael, like, among the, the clotheslines and yeah. things like that, you know? Yeah. So I... Oh, they really used windows in the, um, this is Halloween Ends, right? Yeah. The one right before was Halloween Kills? Mm-hmm. That one, remember? Because, like, he's looking out, but what was he looking at? His own reflection. That is right. So it's it's like a comp, it's like goes hand in hand windows and mirrors like reflections and seeing through. So when do you see through and when do you choose to see yourself? Interesting. Okay. Oh, that's cool. Anyways, yeah, windows. Something to think about. Cause um we also saw, uh when Willie, that's the radio dude, right? Yeah. When Willie died, he was there. He was there past the window. Oh. And then um at the junkyard. The dude comes in and starts tapping on the window like, help us! Oh, that's right, yeah. So windows are just such a big part of everything, to be honest. They're used a lot. They're, they're really useful. Um, so then, another visual aspect was the use of foreshadowing. There was a lot of, like, symbols used here. Um, like, Corey's mechanic onesie. I call it a onesie. The jumpsuit. Um... Oh, because Michael Myers, he's a mechanic he's onesie. He has a little onesie. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know Michael Myers wore one, and that was that was a sign. He was like wearing a oh. mask too. He was wearing a welding mask. Oh my god! Like, why did I not see that in the very beginning when I first watched it? Um, the metal shredder uh, machine oh, thing. Yeah. They they focused on that one in a weird way from the camera angle when Corey was entering uh, the junkyard for like his work or whatever. Mm -hmm. 
Like, they showed it a lot, all, like, throwing stuff in it. Like, that seemed to really mean something. Yeah, I thought <laughs> they were going to use it for the kids. I, I know, right? <laughs> that probably would have been too cruel. Um, not cruel enough. Uh, so then another use of foreshadowing. What was this? Oh, so in the beginning of the movie, when Corey arrives at Jeremy's, uh, I forgot their last name, uh, the parents' house, uh, the dad, he said, like, hope he's better at child care than he is at lawn care. And I couldn't help but think, like, oh, man, did you just jinx it on your kid or something? Like, <laughs> I'm just saying. And also when the mom was like, Jeremy, she looks up the giant-ass spiral staircase. And oh. we're looking down at her from the top floor. Oh, that is right. How foreshadowing. We knew from the moment, but I didn't know what. Mm -hmm. I was, that scene... Honestly, messy. raises the movie a couple points. Whether you liked it or not, mm. I don't care if you liked Halloween Ends or not, you know that that was a good scene. That's something that everyone should agree on. I am positive about that. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a good one to point out. I didn't even think about that. Um, and then another one, um, the dancing position of Corey and Allison. I know you pointed it pointed it out during the second time we watched it and I heard someone pointed it out during a podcast that I listened to that when he was convulsing on the floor like on his back and shit and, and Allison was like on her knees like holding his head and, and things like that they were in that same position when Allison found Corey after his neck was stabbed even though she didn't know that he did it himself but the fact was is that they were in that same position later on like it it was crazy um, so yeah, that's all I got for foreshadowing. Um, and then, uh, the camera angles, um, other than the mirror, um, one that I thought was very interesting to use was during, uh, Corey and Michael's mask fight. It was like as if you were just standing at the, uh, entrance of the sewer tunnel, watching the fight go from afar, but only being limited in your views. Mm -hmm. You would see like back and forth, like, oh, Michael pushing Corey down across. And then next thing you know, Corey pushing Michael across, you know, things like that. So I thought that was a very interesting view. Um, I feel like they have a lot of aerial views too. Oh my God, that's right, they do. I forgot about that. <clears throat> um, so yeah, and then speaking of other views, they got first person camera view as well. Um, like, uh, Corey behind the masks that he was wearing and, and getting the kitchen knife and walking up the stairs to Oh my Lori. god, that was foreshadowing, too. Uh -huh. Oh my god. Sorry, <laughs> No, it's, it's all right. Um, and, uh, oh yeah, that did you really think I'd kill myself? That was first-person camera view. Um, and then Michael, uh, searching for Lori around the house. You kind of just saw him, like, walking around. You heard his uh, breathing behind the mask at the same time, looking around the kitchen. So that that's a classic that one. That mask was probably so stinky before <laughs> he put it on. It's probably like, God damn, like, why does he wear this shit? He's like, yes. <laughs> Let's go to Spirit Halloween and buy a new one. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so those were interesting camera views. Um, and then the lighting. The whole finale, like the kitchen was dark. You only relied on the light through the kitchen windows. Like that was pretty cool. Um, and the it super brought scenes. us back to the lighting in the finale brought us back to the first movie. The very first movie. Where everything's happening at night and you only have the moonlight and when she stands by windows. 
classic. See, they kept the classic in the end, at least. I liked that very much. Um, and then the sewer scenes as well. There was like, you know, they, they stuck to the natural, I guess, lighting for that as well. Um, it was dark, but, you know, light enough just for us to see what was going on. So it was cool. Um, that's all I got for visual effects. I feel like there's more lighting things because I don't know why my brain is telling me there was neons too. Mm, neons. Maybe it was the radio station that I'm thinking of. Probably. I wouldn't be surprised. Whatever. <laughs> Unto scares. Have not done that in a while. Um, not as many. Um, <laughs> throughout this movie, there was more drama to this than anything else. Um, but some of the scares here, uh, starting with the fake ones, of course, there was Werewolf Jeremy when he scared his mom with the werewolf mask, whatever. Yeah. So there was that. Um, and, uh, oh, Corey opening Jeremy's closet when he was, uh, in the process of searching for Jeremy. He, like, he was still first looking outside, and as he's walking back in the house, all of a sudden, scene cuts to him just opening the closet door, and you hear that, like, loud whoosh sound mm -hmm. of the door opening, and suddenly it's like, oh, shit. Well, that shouldn't have scared me. Whatever. Um, then for jump scares, of course, there was uh, Corey getting that chokehold by Michael Myers. You know, his arm coming out of nowhere oh, yeah. and lifting him up in the sewer. Like, like, oh, shit, you got his ass now. Not really. Um, then, oh, Terry. Oh, God, who was Oh, oh, one of the the kids, one of the 18-year-old band geeks. His name was uh, Terry. Yeah, his name was Terry, apparently. <laughs> um, when he went to the window at the junkyard getting uh, Corey's oh, stepdad's yeah. attention, like, help us, help us, you know, it was suddenly loud. Um, and, uh, oh, Lori's chokehold, too, I think was a bit of a jump scare, too, because, you know, you didn't expect Michael Myers to get his fucking hand through the blade of the knife, you know, splitting his hand even further open to choke her. It was like, oh, shit. Okay, didn't see that coming. That <laughs> yeah. It was gross. <laughs> like string cheese, it, it was his hand. <laughs> gross. Um, and then for suspense scares, um, was Jerry, Jeremy's pyramid. Jeremy's parents. Good <laughs> Jeremy's pyramids. <laughs> Jeremy's parents coming home because you just saw like the slow view of them just taking each step out of the car, walking down the pavement, up the steps, and during this whole time, Corey's kicking down the door with each kick, going down. I'm gonna kill you, Jeremy. It was like, oh, shit. It's like, my heart was racing during that whole thing. Oh, I like, know. Oh, forget it. Um, and then, Doc? The doctor, when she hears the rustling and she goes out to the patio to find oh. out what's happening, and she sees the broken glass on the floor. Oh, She damn. sees the cups are like, I don't know, whatever the fuck, like, She's oh. looking around and then behind her. And you see the, the movement in the in the shadows yeah, behind her too. Yeah, you have to have like darkness and a good TV. Ooh, oh yeah. And ooh, that was creepy. But yeah, that's a, that's a good one. And then I put the entire fucking finale as uh, suspense scares. Because like, let's be honest, you know, Lori hiding in the pantry and and Michael searching around the house. You know, it was all suspenseful as hell. So, it's all the scares I got. Um, And then on to the homages i haven't said that um, in a while <laughs> there were a lot of homages you know from from other halloween movies mostly the first one of course because you know they like to honor the original which i like 
um, one example was uh, the couple walking up the stairs, like in the very beginning of the movie where Michael Myers' older sister was bringing a boy upstairs. And it was only like a partial view of their bodies going up the stairs because you only saw them through the window. Mm-hmm. They through did the, the window? Through the, <laughs> through the window. Oh, my God. Windows. Um, so they did the same thing with Lori viewing through the window of Corey and Allison walking up the stairs in her house. And I was like, oh, my God. I, like, I jumped out of my seat the second time that I watched the movie. I was like, oh, how did I not see that? So that was pretty cool. Um, another example that I loved was Dead on the Wall, where Michael had... Oh, yeah. <laughs> he stabbed one of his victims in the first movie, like, against a wall, and had him pinned up, like, almost, like, levitating, like, over the floor. And Michael's just standing there, you know, tilted head appreciating the art or whatever he did the same thing with deb so deb that was her name i put doc because i couldn't remember her name oh my oh. brain told me it was mj so oh gosh no anyways yeah <laughs> yeah that was um, a good one did you do a head tilt for that one you know i don't i don't think they kept the camera on him long, long enough for that i think oh, they i wonder on... if cory did a head tilt oh, i we'll didn't think to about that. that he stared that's for sure Um, Of course, they also included Season of the Witch masks again. We saw the, well, specifically the witch one, I remember, on uh, Allison's uh, uh, dresser. Um, So that was cool. Um, Oh, the behind the bush stands that I mentioned earlier. (laughs) Where where Corey was standing, like, almost halfway behind the bush, like Michael did in the first movie. Um... Then opening the drawer for the kitchen knife. I mentioned that before, walking up the stairs while wearing the mask. Just like the very beginning of the movie with six-year-old Michael Myers. Um, He's just a baby. He's just a baby. Um, The knitting needle. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. Like, now Lori and Michael got matching wounds. They could write a book together. Scream for reference. Um, so yeah, there's that homage. And then, um... It's not matching ones. Is it? Uh, she got stabbed in the ear hole. Oh, shit. I thought it was the neck. Dude, I thought I thought he was, like, shoving it into her ear. Maybe you're right. We'll have to watch again. We gotta watch again. <laughs> um, and then, of course, last homage is, um, the holding of the hands, where, Jenny, I know you didn't see Halloween H20, um... And I don't want to spoil anything, but near the end of the movie, where Lori was trying to, you know, take things into her own hands when it came to disposing of Michael, or at least trying to, um, he was kind of like pinned between, I think, a tree and the van that they were in. And he was reaching his hand out toward her. And she was like looking at him like with this kind of sorrow and she kind of reaches toward him too. And then they have a camera view of both their hands like just within reach but then Lori puts her hand down. Mm-hmm. But then instead here, like, she's holding his wrist and saying, it's okay. It was kind of like uh, like they were trying to, I don't know, go in a complete circle with that somehow. Um, about the H201? Mm-hmm. H20? H20. It just, okay. I can't, okay. <laughs> Not mermaids. Got it. Um, no. But when you were describing that, it reminds me of that one painting where the hands are just so close. It's like God and some other dude. Yes, that's right. Supposedly. I forget what that's called. But yes, I know exactly what you mean. There's probably symbolism in that. I'll watch that one later. <laughs> um, but yeah, those are all my homages. 
That's my obituary uh, little <laughs> theme there. Um, so first was, well, okay, I'm not going to count Jeremy because, you know, we, that was an accidental thing. We, we know he was a little shit, but he was an, it was an accidental thing. He was so. a little shit. <laughs> um, so uh, first kill was the homeless man. Uh, may he rest in peace. Uh, but he was trying to fight the monster. Remember, fighting the boogeyman. Um, which in this case, he was trying to fight Corey. Um, so he was kind of the monster for most of this movie in an inter interesting way. Um, but also he was, he kind of seemed a bit of a throwaway character because he wasn't in the movie for that long and he didn't have that many lines. So it was like, okay, just kill him off. Um, next was the cop, AKA Allison's ex-boyfriend, AKA Doug Mullaney, AKA Doug Mulaney. Gross. That's <laughs> such an Illinois name to have. It is. Oh, Hi, God. I'm Doug. Doug Mullaney. Ugh. Whatever. But he's like, no one messes with Doug Mullaney. Like, like he sounds like he's in the <laughs> fucking mafia or some shit. I'm like, what the fuck? So, I mean, it's better than no one messes with Gary Giggles. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, <laughs> Doug Mullaney, he was fighting the monster, trying to fight both of them, Corey and Michael, uh, going into the belly of the beast, uh, as quoted in Halloween Kills, going into the sewers. Um, he was definitely an asshole character and a half, especially towards Allison, because the way that Allison looked shaken up after Corey had his standoff with Doug and made him walk away, she just looked so, like, disgusted and just was facing these memories that she didn't want to have again, you know? And so, like, I, I fell for her. Like, that was, ugh. Like, I hated Doug Mullaney. That was just gross. Mitch um, Mahoney. Mitch Mahoney. Um, no drinking. He was drinking at the restaurant, obviously. So there you go. Bear. <laughs> um, and then going out investigating on his own. He was following Corey. He goes into the sewer by himself. I mean, this man is just like a walking death wish. So don't rest in peace, Doug. Um, next is Dr. Mathis. <laughs> um, discussing towards women. That's going to be my rule for why certain people die. If you're disgusting towards a woman, you deserve to die. That's not even just an asshole character, which he was. But it is beyond that at this point. That's disgusting. He's a pig and a half. Um, also, Abusive no, power. Abusive power, that's right. Yes, absolutely. I think so did Doug Mullaney. Oh, that's true, yeah. And what I also hated was that when he went back to his friends, and his friends were just like, oh, what's the problem, man? You want me to kick somebody's ass? Yeah. Like, oh, God, that sound... Honestly, I hate to say it, it sounded like some of my dad's friends my, who are cops. So, it was like, ugh, God, it's too macho, gross. Um, anyways, no drinking. He was no popping drinking. open a bottle of champagne. talking about Dr. Mathis again. Dr. Mathis, yeah, sorry, back to him. He was popping open a bottle of champagne. We didn't actually see him drink, but he had the intention, and he had the intention of sex as I well. I feel like he might have already been... He looks like the type of fucking doctor to drink on the job. True. And he already was fucking dev. I mean, how else do you think she got the promotion? Um, speaking which of which... Sex. <laughs> speaking of which, Deb, no drinking, no sex, enough said, goodbye. Next, Billy. Um, this was, oh, uh, one of the first guys of the band geek bully group. The one with the weird haircut and no eyebrows? Yes, him. Yeah. Oh so my kids God. Kids nowadays actually look like that. If you do, post your picture. 
for I no particular know. reason. I wanna know. Can you show me? I don't. Does your haircut look like Billy dying? That was perfect. Yes. Um. <laughs> so he was. Uh, oh, he was fighting the monster in the case of Corey. Mm-hmm. Um, he was definitely an asshole character. Yes, he was. And a half. Mm-hmm. Um, Them day. And <laughs> uh, going out on their own. Um, wasn't investigating anything, but he was left alone. And uh, his death was shown instantly. Um, next was one of the girls of the group, named Stacy. Um, again, fighting the monster. At this point, all these kids have died because of fighting the monster, a.k.a. bullying. Um, Probably drinking, too. They all wanted alcohol. They had the intent. That is true. The intent. Yeah, you're right. Drinking is also on there. Um, Stacy, we didn't, I don't think we actually saw how she died. We just saw her look up and scream and then it cut to the stepdad, uh, about to help yeah, the kids. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't yeah. remember Stacy. I, I just remember seeing her in a heap, blood going down like her neck, of course, because that's like one of the most vulnerable places. So Stacy's dead. And then we go to Terry, the main uh, guy who was bullying main Corey. Asshole. Main asshole. Yes. <laughs> he even looks like one. No offense to that actor. <laughs> but you know, sometimes actors are definitely chosen because they look like fucking assholes. Yes. Oh, yes. And he was, again, fighting the monster. Asshole character. No drinking. Nuff said. Also, his death. Good God. <laughs> He's the one with the torch, right? The torch in the mouth. Oh, my God. Didn't Michael do that before? Mm, I can't recall. I have to watch all that. I feel like he has. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me, but, (laughs) yeah. Maybe in Halloween Kills, because that one was kill heavy. Oh, that was very heavy. You know, people give, like, a kind of a bad rep for kills when they had a lot of limits uh, in making the movie due to COVID, but... I think they made it to the best that they could. And in terms of kills, and you know, call me psychotic or whatever, but I think a movie is great based off of their kills. Um, and <laughs> Halloween Kills was pretty great. So, um, but yeah, I gotta uh, check for that. Um, but Terry's Kill, one of my favorites. Um, just as well as Doug's. Uh, Doug's was my favorite too. Well, was part, partially my favorite because he was an asshole character. Not because of the whole two-on-one, whatever that shit was. Um, so anyway, back to the last kid, Margot, who, she wasn't necessarily fighting the monster. She did have the intent to drink, so that's probably what got her. But she also wasn't exactly standing up for herself to her friends, or standing up to her friends when she kept saying, like, hey, what, what's your problem with this kid? Well, leave this guy alone, and, you know, trying to... Be like, are you okay to Corey and things like that. She, she tried. I think Yeah. I think there's okay, nobody's innocent. And I mm. made that point a while back before we continue with the kills. I made that point when we were talking to someone that everyone who died, everyone had some evil in them. Mm-hmm. Every single one of the people who died. Like you you've been saying asshole, asshole, asshole. And yeah, everyone's <laughs> fucking evil inside. And I think that's the point that Larry was trying to make. And all these people that died, they died because they were doing Corey like wrong so or not just Corey, but Corey and uh, the girl whose name i forget Corey's girlfriend uh, allison yes thank you <laughs> <laughs> oh but that that's true though but like i feel like Margot, and then also the next person you're going to talk about i feel like they're not they didn't necessarily deserve it yeah yeah that's true and next person is the uh, the radio 
assistant person. Um, I, I put, like, not only was she, like, a throwaway character, but also she was unaware of the monster. She was being casual, like, can I help you? And, and in the background, you hear her screaming mixed along with the background music that was playing on the radio, so... Um, and, and I don't think we even see how she gets killed. I don't think so either. It's probably a faded background, I think. Um, but then Willie is next. Uh, he was fighting the monster, you know, talking shit about Michael, talking shit about Corey and everybody else. Um, and at that point also putting, like, mind-controlling thoughts into people's heads, you know. I mean, he was controlling what people thought of Haddonfield, in Haddonfield, what people thought of Corey and... and all these people dealing with the whole Michael Myers thing. So, rest in peace, I guess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, also, his kill. Sorry, that one's one of my favorites, too. <laughs> Gross. But, like, he... What was it? It was Corey who killed him, and he kept bashing Willie's head in against the desk, like, a good number of times, to the point where Willie's head was, like, so disfigured mouth wide open, his tongue sticking out, Corey grabs a pair of scissors, snip, snip, half his tongue off, and, like, left on, on the, the, what is it, the turntable? Turn yeah. <laughs> so, gross, but creative. I'll give him that. <laughs> Symbolic, technically, because he's the one that's talking. You shut your mouth. <laughs> that's great. Um, next was Corey. Um, so... I forgot to mention this in the summary, he did initially stab himself in the neck, but then when Michael came back to get his mask and he went to get the knife that was right by Corey, Corey suddenly jumps up and tries to get the knife, and Michael's like, yeah, nah, you're fired. Breaks his you're neck. You're fired. You're fired. <laughs> A little apprentice. Um, but yeah, so like he, he's killed people, drinking, sex. He's lied. You know, is there anything that he hasn't done that, that has gotten him killed? He rides a motorcycle. He rides a motorcycle. But, yeah, he also tried having the advantage in taking his own life. Like, he tried handling death in his own way, and that's not how you should do it. Um, and then he tried being the boogeyman. He tried being the monster. Mm-hmm. And it just, it wasn't working out for him in the end. He gave in to the evil inside him. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest sin <laughs> of all, cinematically speaking. Cinematically. Um, <laughs> cinema. Sorry. That should be on a t-shirt. Um, and last but not least, of course, the one and only legend Michael Myers. Jesus, like, how many kills has he done like, well, Dude, there's probably people out there who's counted. Yeah, for real. And yeah, he he just needed to go. I mean, the interesting about thing about him is that he didn't intentionally do any other irresponsible things aside from killing. Like he wasn't he wasn't drinking. He wasn't smoking. He didn't he shower. Just, he didn't <laughs> shower. Jeez. There, there you go. That's why. Um, but yeah, I mean. This is what the writers had decided, you know, for him. And that's the way it needed to be, I guess. So, rest in peace, y'all. I got tropes on it. God, that felt good. Um, so, <laughs> I'm back, baby. <laughs> so, I got a 
kind of an even amount of alive and kill tropes here. Um, and when you mentioned about Superman, no, it's Clark <laughs> Kent, I laughed. I was like, oh my god, like, this is a total trope in itself because, like, Corey was, he was this nerdy kid with the glasses and his hair kind of slicked on one side and whatever. And then all of a sudden he's a completely different person in a leather jacket, no glasses, all ruffled up curly hair. Motorcycle. Like a <laughs> motorcycle. <laughs> it was you like... know that Allison was like, he rides a motorcycle. <laughs> oh, How God. rebellious. No. Allison. Um, but yeah, like the point is like... I'm just a good old nurse. Okay, continue. Oh my God. Um, but that like, he didn't change his physical looks so drastically but like i don't know it, it was just so typical i couldn't i think i i mean i like the way he changed his body language from when we first see him in the house to oh. to like even like the chocolate milk scene where he gets the glass in his hand like his posture and like his timidness oh. when he goes to the bar for the first time but then, like, something changes in him when he confronts Michael and, like, he kills that one dude and all of a sudden he's standing a little straighter. Yeah. You know, he looks at people, like, less. You know what I mean? His yeah. body language definitely shows that. I think that was a really good uh, transition for that actor, specifically. Oh, yeah. I'll, look up that actor while you continue talking. I'll admit, like, he gave a really good contrast at that point. That That's actually really good. Um, but, yeah, Superman, Clark Kent trope. I mean, that happened. Um, and then there was, I, I mentioned this already, the, uh, the trope of territorial tough guy cops, you know, Blech. yeah, you can want me to kick somebody's ass and blah, blah, blah. Let's all <laughs> be together and in a restaurant and whatever. I don't know. Can't stand it. Um, another alive trope, uh, the door left open. Uh, when Lori was, you know, crying to herself at the start of the finale, she, you know, kind of looks over to her right and sees her back door is open wind uh, blowing in you see the curtains uh in the breeze just moving and it's like oh shit something's about to go down um mm -hmm. that happened the open door was also in the beginning when <gasps> jeremy was playing tricks on Corey. he left mm. the door open oh that's right yeah no oh, that's a good one that whole first scene was kind of tropey it really was mm -hmm. in a way the it's, lamp is oh. knocked down and the door is open and the knife is gone the knife is gone Oh my god. And now I'm walking into a dark room and the door closes behind me. I and I was stupid to think that like Michael Myers was like in there somewhere or whatever. But yeah. Um also the alive trope, this is the last one, of slow cops. You know, when you're in the finale and you're going through uh trying not to be killed, you know, and like somehow someone managed to call the cops. They get there after you took care of it, your damn self. <laughs> I'm just saying. It, it happened. But, you know, it's classic, I guess. So, those are the alive tropes that I have. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> kill tropes. Um, oh, why did I have no drinking on there? See, this is why I forgot to put the notes on. Cause, Killed. No drinking. Because no drinking was typical in a lot of... Uh, our victims that we had. I think that's your thing, that some of them weren't drinking. Oh, true, true, yeah. Oh, but also, Allison and uh, Corey were, like, hella drinking at the bar mm -hmm. and, and having fun and shit, but 
Well, Corey died, but Allison didn't. <laughs> well, like I Her said, soul did. Just <laughs> well, like I said, Corey tried taking death into his own hands, and that path changed for him. And that's when Michael came in to kill him himself. So, that's just my thoughts on that. Um, the opening kill trope by a masked killer or by any uh, slasher killer in general. That wasn't the case this time. Michael Myers didn't do an opening kill in this one, which I thought was very interesting. And it was also very interesting that they had a new potential killer, AKA Corey being the one doing the killing, but it was accidental. So that was very different from a typical slasher opening kill. So, I don't know, I thought that was cool. Um, and then, oh, final girl as the hero. Um, yeah, throughout this movie, Lori and Allison were just like being bashed on after, you know, surviving Michael Myers instead of thinking like, oh my God, they went through so much against this guy. And they lost so much because of this guy. And they're just like, oh no, you went after him. You should have left him alone. We're all suffering because of you. Mm -hmm. like, the, like they turned around on them. And it was just, mm -hmm. ooh, bad feeling. I hated it. <laughs> oh my God. Um, and then final kill trope. Uh, oh yeah, the killer goes toward the sound that they heard. Um, and what I mean by that is that when a killer is like looking around, while someone is hiding and someone lets out like a like a little gasp of breath or they they accidentally drop something small you know the killer will hear that sound they snap their neck and turn their head towards that that source of sound and start walking over towards it like in a rush but in this case near the finale when Lori was hiding in the pantry and that uh that little uh what is it, the little rope thing yeah, for that, the... Yeah, that little pull cord for the curtain. Pull cord, yeah, for the curtain. It kept kind of like swinging and tapping against the wall. That, that. But then Lori stopped it, and that's when Michael turned. The sound stopped. He went to the... I don't know, it was so weird. But also, Lori knew that, too. Like, she was just like, okay, I'm going to lure him towards the microwave, you know, to make that popping sound. And that's when she comes out of the pantry and attacks. So I, I thought it was cool that she took control of the sound and made sure that nothing actually messed up for her. True. That's right? a good one. But also, I don't really remember the, like, the microwave in general. Honestly, the microwave was so quiet and ours is like, <laughs> So I'm like, how the fuck do they have such a quiet-ass microwave? Lucky. Especially after Allison beat the shit out of it in that one scene. Oh yeah, she was very angry. But also that's I me love towards that the scene, Xbox. Though. <laughs> so. I love when she's like, just let me be mad. Because like sometimes I feel like venting. Sometimes I feel like breaking things. And yes, it can get addictive, as Lori said. But, mm. but like, I don't want you to fix it. I just want to vent. Mm, right. And I totally love when she's like, just let me be mad at the fucking inanimate object because it's better that she's mad at a fucking microwave than taking it Corey's way and killing, you know, the whole town. Exactly. And that's why I yell at inanimate objects all the time. Okay. <laughs> so, those are all the tropes I got. I had to let that out, so. I got tropes on it. Yeah. Okay. So I had thoughts about Allison particularly. The, the, the theory. The, the theory. Uh, kind of a theory. It's based off of what uh, bits and pieces of different movies that I have seen. 
uh, one particular movie, uh, where I believe Allison is following a Prescott-like trope, aka Sidney Prescott from Scream. What? They seem to have. Is a... there another Prescott? <laughs> I know, right? Um, they seem to have some similarities with each other as final girls. Um, I, I feel like Allison could be a final girl in her own movie probably Halloween related. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, but in this case, in her story, Lori is out of, out of the picture now, but like she's just out of the country, you know, looking at the cherry blossoms and shit. Um, with one ear. With one ear. And this time she's not assumed dead like she was in the other Halloween movies. Um, but that's another story. Anyway, um, so then... I kind of feel like Allison could get taunted by crazy Michael fans, like Sydney got taunted by crazy Stab fans, like in Scream of 2022. Um, she also could possibly get blamed for Lori's actions in killing Michael, um, like how Sid got blamed for Maureen's actions in, uh, you know, uh, sleeping around, apparently. Um, and uh, both of them, their parents, well, in Sydney's case, just the mom, um, and their closest friends were already all killed. So there's that. Both of them had a psycho killer boyfriend. Psycho killer. Damn. <laughs> My brain's on music right now. I can sing it. No, it's okay. I mean, the only difference with Allison is, of course, she found out the truth about uh, Corey killing and everything after he had died. Because when she got the call, and I didn't mention this in the summary again, when she got the call from the old sheriff, I say the old sheriff because I don't think he was the actual sheriff anymore, um, got the call from him about uh, Lori's calling about a, a suicide. At the same time, she was looking at the radio tower in flames. And that's, if you can recall, she did say, Corey, yeah, burn this town to the ground. And he said, I'll light the match. There you go. So she figured it out. Um, they so romantic. <laughs> oh God. Um, then her and Sydney also kind of adopted the same attitude after their experiences previously with their respective killers. So, you know, they both had that fuck it attitude. Like, you know, I'm tired of dealing with the shit, whatever. Um, and they both decided to leave town at one point. And we don't know yet if it works out for Allison or if later on she goes back to Haddonfield. Who knows how that whole story is going to go out if it happens. Um, and that's all I got for Allison Prescott. I think she was <laughs> really hard for me to like in Halloween Kills. And that's mm. also because I don't remember Halloween, the one that she's in. Oh, I got to show you. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember. I feel like I've seen it, but not enough to remember it. Because I'll tell you the... Is she uh, annoying? I don't think so. Well, no, I don't think so. Because, well, she was in high school, I guess. Well, that first movie... So her choice in men three? sucks? Huh? Her choice in men sucks is what we're saying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> she got a type, though, I'll tell you that. Um, but, yeah, that, that movie you will probably like maybe the best. Really? I because that a lot of people have liked the uh, Halloween twenty eighteen best out of uh, this one kills and ends. Hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, you gotta watch that one so you can get a better uh, understanding of Allison. 
But that's my thoughts about her as the final girl, uh, at least in terms of uh, comparison to Sydney Prescott. So I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> so I wanted to talk about just maybe a little more about that concept of evil and Michael Myers and Corey Cunningham because that was something that a lot of people were talking about with this movie and how, you know, people didn't like how Corey was uh, introduced at the end of the movie. And I'm, I'm kind of one of those people. I feel like he could have been introduced in Kills at least then, so he'd have more room for character development and possibly more of a chance to be accepted um, and his story to be accepted. Um, but then there's also people who really appreciated Corey Cunningham as being the new Michael Myers, potentially, and his growth towards that it seemed to really fulfill, I guess. Um, but then, like, with the concept of evil, when Laurie was trying to say in the end, was that, like, how it travels, it, it goes from person to person. And we saw that throughout this whole movie from Michael to Corey. So, I mean, I, I don't know. Because did, did you have any thoughts about with with the work of Michael and Corey together and, or them separate. I think, <laughs> I don't want to make people mad, but I also want to voice my opinion. You know what I mean? Cause we have lots of friends and family who are very strongly opinionated about this movie one way or the other. True. Yes. Some people hate it and some people love it. Mm -hmm. I personally, mm -hmm. here it is. <laughs> I loved this movie. Mm -hmm. I don't give a shit about Michael Myers. Go make out with your dude in a fucking mask. <laughs> oh my god, everyone's gonna <laughs> oh, stop no. following me right now, but I think even Lori knew that, like, it's not about Michael, it's about evil. It's about how evil isn't everyone, all the people who died in this freaking movie. Mm. And how, like, how you said it travels, it can travel from person to person type of thing. Like, everybody has potential for evil, but it's whether or not you feed it. It's whether or not you let your external circumstances make you the person that you are. And that's what happened with Corey, unfortunately. Like, he he had that evil inside him, but never, like, I guess, like, uh, he didn't feed that wolf, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> oh until God. until he just couldn't take any more of the fact that the whole town was being fucking mean to him. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think Lori was trying to, in the beginning when she's typing up her little autobiography, say that this isn't about Michael. This movie's not going to be about Michael. Mm -hmm. It's it's like, what'd she say? Um, evil something something, if you let him in. If you let it in, if you let the evil in, she mm. backspaces three times telling you like, Michael, no, it, no, the evil. This is what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. So the concept of evil is what this last Halloween movie is about mm -hmm. and, and how external circumstances can make you crazy, but it's your choice whether or not you give into the evil. Right. Cause even she gave into the evil. Yeah. To be honest, like she was, she was pretty relentless, ruthless on how she killed Michael. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, and I agree. I I like how the story had played out, and how it was about the concept of evil. The thing is, is that 
I felt that I was misled in the trailer, mm-hmm. like how we had mentioned with Scream and, and Sidney Prescott, uh, the thought that Sidney Prescott was in all of the Scream 2022 movie, when really all of her scenes were just in the finale, and that finale was in the trailer. And they did it again, basically putting this, most of the, tr- uh, uh, sorry, most of the finale in that trailer. Mm-hmm. And that was, like, a good way to get a lot of Michael fans, Halloween yeah. fans, Lori fans, to come together and, and want to go and see this movie. Yeah. I, clickbait is click- what I called it when we were talking to Jossie. Right, The exactly. trailer is just clickbait now for <sighs> everything. Because if they were being a little more uh, truthful of what this movie was really about, they wouldn't have gotten as, as many, um, like, their, their box office results wouldn't have been as successful. Uh, and I feel like if they were really trying to send that message, if they really wanted that to get through to people, they should have started that earlier on and let that grow and maybe lead into a possibly better finale between Lori and Michael. Because I was led to believe that the entire movie, like in Scream, would be about Lori and Michael throughout. And of course, you know, with some kills of minor characters in between. But, I mean, I, I I, just should have thought about it. I should have figured that most of that time that was the finale anyway. It looked finale-ish yeah, in the, the trailer. The was the same and, like... Yeah, it, it was all dark. You know, then the finale, finale everything is dark. Uh, <laughs> but... I think... I think, the, yes, the trailer was very misleading. It definitely said it's about... It's like Lauren Michaels' final showdown, mm-hmm. which is not incorrect, <laughs> Yeah. And I think that it made the final showdown more special. The fact mm. that the movie wasn't about them. Oh, like, okay. like it kind of kept you waiting for like, when are they going to meet? When is this going to happen? Because mm. it hasn't happened yet. And when it did, it was pretty damn good. I think it so. It was. I just felt like it was only like 15 minutes. <laughs> I feel like Dude, it should go they're longer. They both have their AARP cards. They're both ready to sit down with a blanket <laughs> on their lap drinking tea. And I mean, to be fair, like, I know that Michael had some, like, she would look out and see Michael sometimes throughout the beginning and the middle of the movie. And then they had their confrontation in the last, what, 10, 15 minutes in the movie or whatever, just like in Halloween Ends. But I, I just feel... With this concept of evil, I, I do like it. I just wish they did it earlier and stretched it. I don't. <laughs> really? Yeah, I like it. Yeah. I liked how, how it showed his transition in one movie. If I had background on him, I'd get more attached to him and then be sad when he died or something. Oh, Corey's? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. you mentioned um, showing, introducing Corey earlier, too. Yeah. Okay. I will admit I um I appreciated Corey's uh, storyline and his character development because that that they had a lot of attention to detail for a minimal amount of time in that movie. So, you know, I applaud them for that. I won't complain. The actor who plays Corey, I got upset because he's younger than us. What? He's younger than Billy even. What? How <laughs> What? How old? <laughs> he was born 97. Huh? No. Yes. <laughs> yes. What? Okay, and his birth date is one day after mine. He was born September 23rd. Oh my god. <laughs> I know, don't you feel old? 
I'll, I'll join Lori and Michael and take an AARP card. <laughs> Shit, man. <laughs> I cannot. I um, have to look him up because I was like, I wonder how, you know. I wonder what else he's done, first of all. He needs to close his mouth in his freaking IMDb picture, but. Oh, no. <laughs> um, but then I saw his age and I was like, he is my sister's age. Mm. They're the same age. That is so weird to me. Good God. I'll tell you one thing that I'm really glad about uh, with Corey being the killer, because I, because <laughs> at first I, um, I had this thought in my head during the first time watching the movie when I saw Corey wearing the mask. I thought, oh my God, is this fucker the one who's been in the mask in the finale in the trailer? <laughs> I swear to God, if he was the one that Lori's been fighting, I'm gonna be pissed. But he wasn't, so <laughs> I was glad about that. <laughs> But, you know, I'm, I'm glad that, like, he had tried and then Michael came back on top like, hey, you, he pulled a Sydney. He pulled a Sydney in Scream 4 and he was just like, don't fuck with the original. <laughs> Damn. That's true. So. <laughs> I did like his, his story, but I like when Michael just, like, finally came back on top in just the last moments of his life. Came back strong. So. <sighs> Overall, like, I know people are upset. And I can see why people are upset. If I was a Michael Myers fan, I too would be upset. Mm -hmm. But as a person who's rarely seen the movies, like, I've seen the first original one. I've seen ki Kills, and I've probably seen 2018 vaguely. Mm. So for me, it's not about Michael. Like, Michael's a cool boogeyman, mm -hmm. for sure. And if I had loved him more, if I had grown up with him the way you guys have... Mm then maybe I would be a little more upset. But to me, it was a good movie with a good storyline. And it, it, my favorite is when they always flash back to originals. Like, mm. those parallels are so tasty. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and I think I, you do bring up a good point there because the fact that you don't have that attachment to yeah. Michael Myers mm -hmm. in those movies is what makes you unbiased towards this movie. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think a lot more of the, the Michael Laurie fans, original Halloween fans, just got to be a little more open-minded, you know. And, hey, uh, Laurie, um, Jamie Lee Curtis herself had said that some people are going to be pissed off about this, and she was right. Yeah. But she also said that she was very happy with how this movie turned out, how her ending turned out, the way that she wanted it to be. And if that queen is happy, then what does it matter what we peasants think? You know what yeah. I'm saying? And that's kind of, I mean, <laughs> who was it talking about the fact that, like, this is what the original writer wanted. They didn't want Michael Myers to be something big. They wanted it to be the representation of evil. Who said that? We were talking to... Ja Jossie. It was Jossie. My sister. And I totally agree. Like, if this mm. is the way that the writer wants to end his series back mm. to, like, his own thing, then, like, it kind of, to me, doesn't matter when you cater to other people. Like, it matters to you because it's your creation. Same with us with music. Mm. If I'm going to write a song, I don't give a shit what everybody else thinks. I mean, unless I'm in it for money. <laughs> I'm going to write what I want because I feel it. That's true. Kind of and his heart was probably more... You know what I mean? Like, their hearts were probably more into it because it was theirs, not catering to everyone else. And it ended for them. They Like, this whole series was going to end for them anyway, so might as well end it in the way that they wanted. Mm-hmm. So, that's Satisfied nice. Satisfied with your own life rather than living for others. 
that's that's nice now that I think about that. I, that's what makes me appreciate this movie more. So, Lindsay Lohan, if you're listening, we need a Freaky <laughs> Friday sequel. <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis was talking about that. Oh, really? No she way. Said, she said she would totally do another movie with her. Another Freaky Friday movie. And I'm just like, yes, I am here for it. Let's go. Writers, get started. <laughs> um, oh, and I forgot you mentioned about uh, the comp comparison... Uh, of Michael to Pennywise with the sewers. It. Oh, yeah. I thought that they were pretty similar in that sense, too. Yeah. Like, like oh, my God, instead of eating children, just, like, killing people yeah. in the sewers and, and shit. And he did represent fear in a kind of way, too. He did. I know. Oh, my God. Do you think... The and and the, the haunted town. Sorry. Oh, yeah, the cursed town of Haddonfield, Illinois. And Derry, Maine. Yeah. Ah. God. Okay. So plain. Why can't something happen in New York? <laughs> Everybody's too busy with their own shit. <laughs> They're too busy caring about themselves instead of caring about other people. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, no. no. Remember New York is the one that's like, you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. Okay, Spider-Man. <laughs> that's exactly what I'm thinking of. <laughs> sorry, New York. That's the only impression I know of you. <laughs> Spider-Man. <laughs> Although, oh Spider-Man did help me get around when I went to visit. <laughs> <laughs> Not physically, I just mean like mentally knowing where streets are. <laughs> but, yeah, and then also um, the people of each town kind of being like mind controlled or, you know, being a part of it, being controlled by it or by the radio or oh, yeah. whatever, the curse of Michael Myers. Mm -hmm. You know, they were they were just being like kind of brain dead in a way all of them and they were all going against the people who were trying to show them what evil is yeah what mm -hmm. what was scaring them and totally. things like that so that is so, really cool <laughs> sorry if you're mad that we didn't bash the movie but please tell me why you want me to bash the movie when it was a pretty good movie mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't have anything else to say. Like, I'm I'm just going to go crawl in a hole until the hype is over so that people don't be mad at me. And talk about I the next do movie. I conflict well. Right now I'm in behind a microphone. You can't touch me. <laughs> I say what I want. <laughs> Michael Myers, your breath stank. Oh my god, no. You don't even wash your ass. <laughs> Does he, though? He's I... in a fucking sewer. Can you imagine how bad he smells? Why did Corey even want to go up to him and fight him? Good lord, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to stand ten feet near Corey. Him. Is younger than me. <laughs> oh god, I'm still on that. All right, I'm gonna have a midlife crisis already. Um, so yeah, that's our thoughts on this movie. While everyone else was giving theirs, while hopefully everything has died down at this point so <laughs> died down <laughs> no pun intended definitely want to watch again yeah of course um and i think like the more that i watch it i i will appreciate it even even more honestly cuz i like it i do it's just i'm still being held on to michael versus lori you know yeah. the og original oh yes right i know think like me it's hard <laughs> But it's I, I Corey and Alice. It's Romeo and Juliet. It's the Little Mermaid. Good lord! Oh yeah, that's right. Daddy, I, forgot. I love him. Oh god, I also forgot about another comparison between Allison and Sydney, where they played the music "Don't Fear the Reaper." They played that song in the end of Halloween Ends, 
and they played a cover of that song in a slow version in the beginning of the first Scream movie when Sydney and Billy are like, you know, making out that first time. And I learned somewhere online that the Don't Fear the Reaper song played during Scream was apparently the hint that they were giving to the audience that Billy was the killer. <gasps> so it was as, maybe this wasn't intentional or something, but the Don't Fear the Reaper in Halloween Ends was trying to tell you, hey, Allison's boyfriend was the killer in this one. Should I listen to that song? It's not my type of music. No, but the lyrics are interesting. You know who's the king of music? <laughs> you know who's the king of pop? <laughs> Fucking Justin Beep. No, just kidding. Good uh, lord. <laughs> You're saying that with Michael Jackson records behind you. I know, you. that's why I said it. To make mm. you mad. Man. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of looks like Michael Myers. Oh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> what? Look at that pale ass face. He can't fill that nose. What are you talking about? Oh my about? god. <laughs> <laughs> no, where was I going with this? Yes, it. I had a point. Oh, the music. Um, music. Yeah, I think, I still think... Up on my list is uh, Jordan Peele's movies with his distortion of, of, you know, common songs. Oh my god. Yes, for real. But we'll talk about that another day. <laughs> In the meantime, go follow us. Yes, on our Twitter page at Convos Room. It is titled The Cutting Room Convos Podcast. You could also follow us on Facebook and our Instagram, Cutting Room Convos. And, uh... If you're going trick-or-treating or whatever, be safe. Enjoy your Halloween. Watch all the horror movies. Eat lots of candy. And so will I. <laughs> Thanks for listening to us on our first episode of Season 5. And happy Halloween. I'm Yasmin. I'm Jenny. And I'll be right back. Cutting Room Compost was recorded at our home studio. All opinions are our own and we do not represent any companies mentioned. This episode was on Halloween Ends, the 2022 film directed by David Gordon Green. <laughs> um, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Combo's Room. Hope you enjoy! Bye.